Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, in these times, I dare say that at least one thing is for certain, that no matter who you are, what you do, how old you might be, or what's happening with you this particular summer, odds are you'll always remember exactly where you were on this strange and fateful year of 2020. And also, though I hope and pray that this isn't wholly the case for you, I suspect you'll also remember all the stresses and the strains that these days of pandemic have created. The question is, of course, not so much about the storms that are raging around us, but ultimately how we've handled those storms. And that's what this morning's message is all about. It's based on Mark's story of Jesus, the disciples, and a storm on the Sea of Galilee. That's from chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It's entitled, Singing in the Strain, and it starts with my own story of expectations versus reality. I think you'll agree with me when I say to you this morning that oftentimes in life, the reality of a particular experience is far removed from our perception of how it ought to have been. Let me give you an example. As I'm sure many of you know, for many years our family lived in the southern coast of Maine where I served a church there and where consequently every summer we had the great blessing of being able to spend a lot of time on the beach, you know, digging in the sand, playing in the waves, chasing off the seagulls that were after our snacks. It was great fun. Well, there was this one particular summer when the surf happened to be quite high and rather intense, the result, as I recall, of a series of tropical storms that had been churning in the Caribbean. And in the midst of all of this, you see, I had gotten the bright idea in my head that I needed to go surfing. Specifically, I wanted to have this experience of what is often referred to as riding the waves, riding the curl and to have one of those waves kind of curl over the top of me. You know, never mind the fact that I'd never ever surfed before. I had no idea what I was doing. All I can say now is that I have been listening to way too many Beach Boy songs. But undaunted, one day I grabbed my kid's boogie board, first mistake, and off I headed to the ocean, figuring, hey, that the worst that could possibly happen was that I would get wet. I was wrong. What I wasn't expecting and what I didn't see coming at all was the sheer force with which that wave that I was going to ride slammed against my body and how it literally picked me up and threw me across the water. Let me tell you something, folks. It hurt a lot. It completely knocked the wind out of me and just about every muscle in my body felt the effect of it. And by the way, the music in my head immediately shifted from surf and safari to wipeout, complete with that maniacal laugh. And I was, to say the very least, overwhelmed by the sheer intensity of that wave of water hitting me with such force. 
And I remember thinking at the time, how can anybody do this? I mean, if it's this hard on Scarborough Beach in Maine, think of how it must be in California or Hawaii. It is a wonder that anyone survives this. Well, suffice to say, these days, I am very much content to spend my days floating calmly and serenely out on our lake. Like I say, oftentimes the reality of the experience is far removed from our perception of how it ought to be. And therein lies a great parable for life. For whereas most of us would never assume that life as we know it should be utterly carefree and, and without turbulence of any kind, nonetheless, would you not agree, many of us are surprised to find ourselves in the midst of times and situations where we feel battered, beaten, and thoroughly overwhelmed by all the stormy turbulence that life has to offer. Now, as you can imagine, I've been thinking a lot about all this throughout this very strange and uncertain summer of pandemic. And truthfully, I'm guessing you have too. I mean, it's bad enough that all through this summer, hey, all through the spring and summer, we've had to cope with, with COVID-19 fears to say nothing of all the challenges of masks and social distancing and the ever shifting theories regarding remote versus in-person learning at school and whether we're gonna go back to church and on and on it goes. That's bad enough. But then when you layer on top of that, all the rest of life's concerns, its problems and its stresses, it's a wonder friends that we don't all break under the strain. And psychologists and doctors are telling us that a lot of people are breaking under the strain and the stress of it all. Let's put this another way. It's one thing when the currents of our lives become a little bit rough. That's the natural course of things, isn't it? And I dare say that most of us feel equipped to handle that kind of turbulence. It's just the way things are. But what about when the real storms of life hit? What about when the waves of life's own chaos, its injustice and its tragedy starts to come at us with such overwhelming intensity that, that it would knock us down, if not literally, then emotionally and spiritually? You see, the reality is that our lives are not always going to be lived on seas that are ever calm. One thing in going through several of the Psalms this summer is it makes very clear there are going to be storms. The seas are going to get rough. Life is going to be hard. And sometimes the storms and the difficulties of life will rage with great intensity. And often, more often than not, in fact, they will come down at times we least expect. And they will test our courage and our faith. I've been reminded this summer of, of a quote from a very wonderful preacher by the name of Kirby John Caldwell. And he said, and I said, I think with great wisdom, that storms don't define you, but storms will bring whatever is in you out of you. Storms are inevitable, yes. So the question becomes, the question before us always is, how are we going to react? What is inside of us that's going to come out as the storm is raging? 
Will what comes out be crying out in anguish? Or when that time comes, as it inevitably will, will we be found singing in the strain? Well, that's the question that's posed in our gospel reading for this morning, in which Mark tells of a great windstorm on the Sea of Galilee, while the disciples, with Jesus aboard, are crossing from one side of that sea to the other in their small fishing boat. Now, to put this in a geographical context, sudden storms are common on the Sea of Galilee, and although it's a fairly small body of water, and actually, here's a fun fact, it's actually slightly smaller than Lake Winnipesaukee. And it's surrounded by a series of hills, valleys, and ravines which lend themselves to abrupt changes in the weather and severe storms that just seem to come out of nowhere. So severe, in fact, that it was not uncommon in Jesus' day for fishermen to lose their lives in the midst of such storms. And so it was with this storm. Quite literally, one moment these disciples are lazily drifting across the water, seeking a place to put ashore for the evening, and the next, the, the wind is howling, the waves are breaking over the bow, the boat's taking on water, and these disciples are suddenly in real danger of losing their very lives. Now, you need to understand these men, some of whom were fishermen, were not ignorant as to the ways of proper seamanship, and, and usually they knew how to handle themselves on the water, but they were not prepared for this. And so here they were, cowering in fear, in this nearly swamped boat in the middle of a raging sea. Now, I don't know about you, but there's an image I can relate to. I mean, it's what we've been talking about here. One day, things are going along smoothly, and by most accounts, we're in a good place. But then, the storm hits. Suddenly, we're facing a difficult change in our lives, and we're not sure how we're going to handle it. We're waiting on news that could make us or break us, or, or for that matter, maybe it's not something that's all that monumental. Maybe it's simply the cumulative effect of every little concern and stress, every little thing we've got to deal with. And it's coming at us all at once. Whatever it is. One moment we're on calm seas. The next we're in the midst of a perfect storm that threatens to undo us. And all we feel like we can do is to cry out with every bit of strength we have left. Please, someone, someone, somewhere, come and help us. Save us, please. Well, that's what happened with the disciples. I love what Julie Pennington Russell has written about this. She writes that the Bible has this way of being relentlessly honest about us and, and how it feels to live a very real human life. For instance, the disciples were terrified at the storm around them. It looks like the boat might be sinking in them along with it. And as they're literally out there screaming for their lives, they discover to their horror and to their rage that Jesus is in the back at the stern of the boat, his head on the pillow, and he's sound asleep like nothing at all is going on. Now, you'd think that having Jesus in the boat might have counted for something to them, but no, no. 
he's out back in the boat taking a nap. And that does not go over well with the disciples in this moment of crisis. They do what, quite frankly, we might have done under the circumstances. They angrily lash out. Teacher! Teacher! Do you not care we are perishing? In other words, hey, Jesus, hello, wake up here. We're dying. Don't you even care? We also know about that, don't we? Pennington Russell goes on to say that sometimes in the middle of our fear, we feel like those disciples did, that maybe Jesus just doesn't care enough. That when the hard weather comes, you, you thought you could have counted on him working on your behalf, but, or that he'd be fighting for you, working the oars, bailing the water, anything. But during parts of some storms we face, those that bring us to our most desperate moments in life, it may seem for all the world to us as though Jesus is sound asleep. So we react much like the disciples did. Lord, where are you? Hello, where's your help? Where's all this green pastures and still waters stuff I have always heard about? I'm still waiting. The water, it's rising fast. There's not much time here. Now would be a time if you wanted to help. That's how we feel. That's how the disciples felt. Of course, that's not the end of the story. Not at all. Mark goes on to tell us that Jesus does get up from his slumber. He literally reprimands the wind and he says to the sea, peace, be still. <laughs> you know, when you see this in the movies or wherever, it's usually very monumental with hands raised, just like I just did just now, and with a word of power. You know, I almost have the feeling that Jesus just did that wearily. Peace, be still. However he said it, just as suddenly as it had begun, the wind dies down, the sea is dead calm, and the storm, over. And there is this silence on the Galilean Sea that had to have been deafening. What the Bible refers to elsewhere as a crushing silence. And it doesn't say exactly, but I have to imagine that what followed was a long moment of realization for these disciples. Their hearts still beating wildly, water dripping off their hair and skin, their robes soaked with rain, their hands desperately clutching to whatever it was they were hanging on to in this boat, and realizing gradually that they weren't dead after all. The storm. It was over, and that Jesus, Jesus, was the one who had stopped it. And this is when Jesus says, both to the disciples and by extension to you and me, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? You know, so often we read this story and we immediately jump to the conclusion that Jesus was offering up a second reprimand. The first, of course, that was directed at the storm, but the second that was directed at the disciples. But it seems to me that this is actually more of a teachable moment than it is a rebuke. 
It was a reminder to the disciples and to us that, that life is going to be filled with storms, both from within and without. But even though the storms we face threaten to overwhelm us by their destructive power, we need not be afraid. For whatever else is raging all around us, we have the presence and power of the Lord to sustain us. And that will be more than enough. The power of the Lord. The power that keeps us calm and focused when, when everything else in this life is seemingly spinning right out of control. The power of the Lord that helps us to find avenues of change and, and reconciliation when it's possible and patience and forgiveness when it's not. The power of the Lord that instills within us the, the kind of strength and unending hope that we need to understand that storms never last and that soon enough we will be in that place of quiet and calm and restoration. The power of the Lord that in the meantime leads us from crying out in our anguish, lashing out in our pain, so that we might truly be singing in the strain, even if the storm is still raging. Jesus, you see, had already shown the disciples that all of this was true. And that's why he says, quite directly, have you still no faith? Because you are already in the worst that the storms of life can ever dish out. But look around you, it's still now. And peace, my peace, has prevailed. Once they realized this, you see, once that got through, the only response the disciples could possibly have had was one of awe. Looking at one another and saying, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Beloved, there are times in each of our lives when the difficult realities of our lives seem far removed from what we believe it ought to be. Maybe you're going through a lot of that this summer. Times when the storms we've been facing are too much to bear. But by the same token, the reality of our Lord's presence and power far exceeds the terror of the storms we encounter. And that, writes Barbara Brown Taylor, is why we need Jesus. It's why we wouldn't be caught dead on the water without him. It's why we need a savior. Our doubts and our fears amidst the stormy seas serve to remind us of who and whose we are amidst any and all stormy seas and why we need to be saved. To affirm that presence as the storms of life keep on raging. To embrace that power to give us strength and patience and hope to hold on. I can give you another word for that, friends. It's faith. And it's faith that keeps us singing, no matter what the strain. Dear friends, in this season of storms... For the many ways that our Lord Jesus calms the sea of our lives, now and for all eternity, may our thanks and praise be unto God. Amen and amen.
And that's the message we've entitled Singing in the Strain. And it was recorded for our August the 30th online worship service at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. By the way, those online services are continuing all through this summer. So if you're looking for a way to worship, we invite you to join with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. via Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page. In these strange and uncertain days, we found a lot of value in coming together this way. And we'd really like you to be able to share it in it with us. And with that, we are at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. So until next time, be safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.